0: Despite all the technology advancements in healthcare, there's still one thing holding us back, and that's paper. The little bits of paper that we carry around, the referrals that get lost, the inefficiencies that arise from outdated systems. It sounds like a simple problem to tackle, but it's not one for the faint of heart. With me today on the show is Vikram Pallet, CEO and founder of ConsultMed, a company that's revolutionizing the way that referrals and documents are managed in healthcare. In this episode, we talk about the problem with paper-based referrals and the need for digital solutions, the transformation in workflow in using digital referral solutions and the benefits it brings to clinicians and the potential for generative AI and save clinicians a lot of time and money. Collaboration starts with the conversation, Team Health Tech. Let's make it happen. This is Talking Health Tech with me, Peter Birch, featuring content and community about technology in healthcare. before we get started, take a look at our website for full articles that we've written about each episode that you'll hear on the show. And within those articles, you'll find links to different terms in our health tech glossary. And the list keeps growing on this glossary. It's a great place to not only learn about some of the interesting topics and concepts that we discuss on the show, but also it's a neat way to find some related and similar podcast episodes about topics that you're interested in as well. So have a look at talkinghealthtech.com glossary. G'day, Vic. How are you going?
1: Yeah, good, Pete. Thanks for having me.
0: Yeah, great to come into the the studio and have a chat and um, actually do it on the podcast because we've been like ships in the night at, at various events and, and and shindig. So, it's yeah. good to be able to kind of dive in a bit more and, and learn about ConsultMed and all the other stuff that you're doing within the health space. But firstly, for those that haven't met you or know what you do, introduce yourself and tell us what you do.
1: Thank you. So, my name is Vic. I'm a pediatrician and also the CEO and founder of a company called ConsultMed. I'm also working at ANU as an associate professor in health management. ConsultMed is a digital referral and workflow automation tool. So, back in 2019, we um, started ConsultMed, the whole idea being to axe the facts and mm-hmm. get rid of paper and fax and post referrals and, and documents in healthcare. It was a kind of problem close to heart. We started being a pediatrician a few years ago and just received a lot of paper and post referrals. Patients arriving, not knowing where their documents are, and we kind of thought at the time that it's time to fix this and oh. kind of bring healthcare to the 21st century. So we started ConsultMed back then, and since then we've we we do digital referrals really well, mm-hmm. and then have started to really expand in this sta- in this space in terms of how we improve workflows for clinicians.
0: When you started ConsultMed, because I, I think as you were talking about then. I feel like any part of healthcare, the the bit that glues it all together is the little bits of paper that people carry around, those referrals to go from one clinician. And if you forget your referral, it's everything all over. breaks. <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. And I feel like that's kind of a, a really big part of healthcare that that needs to be addressed. From from your perspective when you first started Consult Med, did did you fully understand the the breadth of the, the thing that you were getting into? It's not something on the periphery that you're kind of tinkering away with. You were really going for the the, the guts of healthcare to address. And no. like, yeah.
1: yeah, exactly. I think um, looking back now, the premise of axing the facts and getting rid of fax machines kind of makes sense. And oh. anyone you speak to, even outside of healthcare, gets it and wonders why. And And then to your point, as you dig in and start to try to implement technology, you realise for lots of reasons why these kind of legacy systems exist, why there's kind of whole workflows around them which you need to unpick, ah. and so we've definitely been on that journey over the last couple of years where we've implemented the tech, the tech's there, and now it's that change management, you know, demonstrating why this is really important, why it works, yeah um, and that it's not that easy to, yeah. to do.
0: And, and so, just for those that need to picture how this fits into whether they're a clinician they there, or even, you know, from a practice manager's side and understanding the workflow, because you know, a lot of referrals might be received through a lot, the way that you know we we send faxes because in healthcare we don't send emails because we don't trust them and faxes you know impenetrable apparently. Uh, but the uh and and we need to do that because those messages typically the referrals need to go from one clinician to another. How does it work with consult med? Because everyone's living in their practice management system or EMR or their, their system of. Of truth. And I know clinicians don't like to jump from, you know, many different screens and systems to another. Take me through that workflow and how it, what used to happen and how it works now.
1: Well, certainly now, like 80% of hospitals still accept fax, so that's still happening. But mm. the process that we're improving is that GPs will send referrals, um, whether they use secure message delivery or fax or post or email. Mm-hmm. And then that's received in the hospital side or in the specialist clinic side. Just to touch on your point about fax machines and being secure. So there are You know, I've never really understood that, you know, people talk about that, the amount of times in every hospital I've worked in where there is a general fax machine and there are urgent referrals, there are private referrals mixed in with people's printouts of their travel plans and Jetstar tickets and things (laughs) and people moving things around. And so that's always been, um, you know, a significant kind of privacy concern. I know, you know, in one of the previous hospitals that I used to work in, those referrals were then put into manila folders and stored away and then found years later in terms of urgent, non-urgent, all of those things. Mm -hmm. So, that's kind of where um, a lot of the risk lies with FACTS. So, referrals coming in from primary care to secondary care, however they arrive. And so, what ConsultMed does is it digitizes that process. We're integrated with the GP systems. So, we're integrated with medical director, with best practice. We speak to a lot of the secure message delivery providers now as well. And we have our own web portal as well. So basically, if you're a GP, you're a non-GP specialist, allied health, nurse practitioner, midwife, pharmacist, anyone who's referring, which increasingly most people are, then you can use our system to send a referral to the hospital or to the clinic. And then on the hospital side, it's a web portal it's on Microsoft Azure, you log in, and then you're able to see all the referrals come in into the one inbox. And it's very clearly marked how that referral's arrived, who it's come from, and then you can start to actually manage the referral properly.
0: The Talking Health Tech podcast has evolved a lot over the years, all based on audience feedback. Now I need your help, yes you, to shape the future of this show. Between now and the end of June, we're running our biggest campaign to date, in order to understand what makes the global healthcare ecosystem tick. Last time we ran our Talking Health Tech audience survey, we learnt 40% of our audience are clinicians, 77% of our audience tune in for professional development and market awareness, 8% of people listen to Talking Health Tech for competitor profiling, and only 2% of people listen to the podcast to fall asleep. And this time around... I can't wait to find out about your preferences for audio versus video content, which topics we should dive into more, preferences for hosts and formats and geographical reach and so much more. And don't worry, we'll be sharing all the insights once all the responses are collected as well. So if you're a supporter of Talking Health Tech and you can spare five or ten minutes, please complete our 2024 audience survey. And to say thanks for your input, everyone who completes the survey goes into the draw to win a share of $1,000 worth of credits towards THT Plus membership. Go to TalkingHealthTech.com slash survey or the links in the show notes of this episode as well. From my experience of working within clinics, a big unnecessary, I feel like it's an unnecessary chunk, but but no, it's, it's a necessary part of a receptionist or a practice manager's role, and sometimes a clinician's role, is the PDF bit of paper comes through. And you have. That's why you have got two screens, and you got one screen here, and you and you can't copy paste it because it's either written on or That'd it's be a, too easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and you and you have to read the person's name and write it into the, the EMR here. And sometimes, if secure messaging, you know, like it, it can match things up, and you might be able to pull some things across. But there's there's a lot of even though that that part that you just talked about in terms of the, the sending of the the referral is much better through through consult med. Once it's there, there's a whole whole extra bit of stuff, right? Yep. So, there's kind of two ways we cover
1: that at mm. the moment. So, on the hospital side, we will integrate ConsultMed directly to the electronic medical record, oh. which, as you described, will mean that the referral will sit in ConsultMed standalone, the hospital or, or clinic has access to it, but then ideally, obviously, it'll go into their electronic medical record as mm. well. That, obviously, integration, there's so many clinical systems, you know, it'll take some time to integrate with, with all of them. Well, what we have just launched recently is our consult pilot ai so this is a application of our generative ai tech being a microsoft partner we have access to their kind of latest technology and we've now implemented that into the consultmed platform yeah, cool. which essentially means that to what you described before you can now drag and drop any referral or document that you've received by email pdf anything scanned mm. straight into consultmed uh, and that will then use a mixture of OCR and generative AI technology to extract the text and then fill out our form. Hey. And all of that repetitive manual input that you know is happening everywhere hey. in you know in the basements of hospitals and in every clinic, it automates that process. It, it digitizes it. It's it's very fast, and it just kind of gives a huge amount of time back to clinicians.
0: That feels like a really good use of AI in healthcare. You know, like we're, we're in a lot of Parts of the technology space. Sometimes there might be those, you know, picking up the tool of AI and thinking, where can, where can I put this? Because it's all really exciting. The potential is there. But uh, you know, in that example that you talked about, I, I, I've seen that back in the day, hundreds of times a day in many many clinics. Where, and it's kind of like this at this point too, because even a few years ago, the technology like OCR was okay, but not that great. So when we talk about being able to see a PDF, like a hard document, but then. Being able to actually recognise the text and put it into fields, that felt like the majority of time that that admin people were doing were, were glorified copy pasters, mm-hmm. but they couldn't even copy paste. So it kind of feels like you're at this really interesting time to allow. You, you mentioned clinicians, but also I, I guess admin staff too to to focus on what's more important. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, it's a it was a.
1: I mean, the technology is caught up, which is amazing, right. and it's this kind of logical step for us where. We can see that we're doing the referral part really well, but you know we can't integrate with every clinical system. There's always going to be input, and we've had feedback that says you know the referrals coming in you know really nicely and and digitally, but we're now having to input the information in as with as with any other kind of system. And so by applying um, Microsoft Open AI technology, fine tuned with what we've done, it now means that kind of input of patient demographic details, Medicare address, you know, all of that input is now automated. Ah. And I guess what, why I find this particularly exciting is that in the context of workforce crisis, burnout, already doctors, nurses, healthcare workers, admin workers leaving the workforce Mm. and in droves, Mm. you start to see what we're actually asking them to do. And we know that, you know, for a clinician, for junior doctors, 30% 30% at least of their time. And so, you know, a few years ago when I was a registrar, easily 30, if not more, mm. was, was paperwork. <laughs> and so, if that work of writing a referral or summarizing a note or writing a discharge summary can be assisted with AI and it, re- it reduces those repetitive tasks, mm. then we might actually bring clinicians back to why they were interested in being in healthcare it makes our use of our administrators and managers' time much more effective because they're actually dealing with patients rather than with with paperwork.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I saw too because I've I've seen you know some demonstration videos and seen the workflow with with consultants. So you, you drop and drag it in, and, and and it identifies some fields, and that's great. And you touched on that too, which was you know summarizing notes or or, or I guess extrapolating on points too. So particularly for clinicians too, because I, I, that looked really impressive where I might have you know here's a discharge summary that's been written up and all these extra things. How does that actually work, or at least for those that aren't fully aware, how that might kind of take one document you've dropped in and now it's created the, the, the discharge summary, which I imagine then the next step then would be for the clinician to review? Yeah, exactly. So, the technology
1: has been developed to basically transform information from an input that it was given. So, whether yeah. it's a drag and drop PDF or you've linked it to an electronic medical record and it will only transform information that's there. So it's not making anything up. Mm. If the referral is has an email address, it'll find that email address and put it in the right field. If it doesn't have an email, it won't add anything. And so it's looking at that data input, it extracts the text, it transforms it, and then fills out the form or writes a discharge summary in the way that you'd like it written. And I think what's there's a few kind of important aspects of that. Kind of, one is that clinicians... Firstly, very busy. Secondly, you know, writing isn't always an a, a skill set of clinicians, right. right? But we are expected to write outpatient letters, discharge summaries, all of those things. So, for me, even having something like this that you know, advances that writer's block, right, and actually starts something for you yeah. and writes a summary. So then you have that human intervention, uh. and you read it, and you're like, okay, so the summaries here; these were the major primary diagnoses, these are the issues, these are the medications, and then you add to it and you fix it up and and then you submit. And mm-hmm. what might take 10 minutes writing and a comprehensive outpatient letter, the AI has has, you know, done 60, 70% of the work. Yeah. And then you're doing the fine tuning of it. So that's kind of one really nice aspect of it. The second part of it is that it is only drawing on the information that you give it as well. So it's not making things up. It is, you know, you, you've always got that human intervention, mm. and then, and then, yeah, you can see the original, and then you can see what it's produced. Yeah. So you've always got that kind of safety net in place. Um, and the way we've done it as well is that it doesn't um, train AI models. So it's using your own data. Uh-huh. You own that data, uh, and then you, you're fine tuning the results. And yeah. I think, I think that's kind of a very safe and Applicable use of generative AI in health.
0: Yeah, got you. Because you know, I've a lot of people have used ChatGPT, and you can take a PDF, or you can say, "Hey, do something with it," and you kind of look at it, and you're like, "Just made something up," but some of it's really good, and then it's like, "Oh, that little bit totally didn't exist before," and all that kind of stuff. So. Yeah, so it's not a it's not like a skin over the top of the the public free chat GPT thing that's then sending data because that's the big concern in doing anything in healthcare and that was the conversation back in the cloud days of you know the cloud first coming. like what happens to the data where does it go it sounds like you know you've got your own little enclosed thing going on there that that you can you know work within consult med and know what's happening with the data so that's yeah, reassuring yeah
1: Exactly exactly so being a Microsoft ISV we have Access to Microsoft's OpenAI technology. Mm. We've received an exemption that no, I guess, human is able to access that information. So that at the moment, the way ChatGBT and and often other LLMs work is that there is a ability, usually for abuse monitoring, that staff can access that information. So mm. we've got an exemption. No human can access information. It's encrypted. It's stored in Australia. Uh, it's transformed in Australia as well. So we use Microsoft OpenAI servers in Australia. Oh. So it's not heading to the East Coast and coming back. And then the data is stored in Sydney, backed up in Melbourne. It's owned in your own instance of Microsoft Azure. And yeah, and then the customer has access to it, just like you would be hosting any information on cloud yeah. here. We've kind of seen what others are doing in terms of, you know, trying to apply ChatGBT, et cetera, and then try to think about how we can use... Similar models and generative AI t- in healthcare, but do it in in the way that we need to to maintain privacy.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So thinking about where you you know first got into the game and, and creating consult med and where things are going now with generative AI, LLMs, and, and consult pilot, I imagine it's still kind of just the beginning for you, right? So where are you kind of picturing seeing the, the the bigger game here?
1: Yeah. So I think the what's very excited. Three years ago when we started oh. Consult Med and going to hospitals that I've worked in previously, for instance, and seeing junior doctors using it to send referrals. So that, that was very cool. And I think what this year has really gotten me kind of energized again is where this technology and how it's added to what we're doing, you know, the potential of it. So we have done the referral automation using Consult Pilot AI really well. We're about to now do it for discharge summaries for patient summaries for admission notes. So, you know, most junior doctors, nurses would be, you know, if they're part of a unit might be doing five, 10 discharge summaries, at least a week, being able to transform that, what takes 10 minutes, bringing it down to 30 seconds to do, and then to edit it is a huge, huge amount of time back for the workforce. So, we're definitely heading down that pathway as to further application of what we're doing. And then the other thing that we're doing is just forming some really cool partnerships with organisations that are already doing really great work in healthcare and how we can team up with them to kind of further apply the technology that we have now. So I mentioned that we w- work very closely with Microsoft. We've got a really nice partnership with Fujitsu as they roll out infrastructure and, 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 yeah. and other cyber security and other types of services in healthcare. We have a, a really nice relationship with Informatics who do obviously the digital DPC, the patient chart and scan records, et cetera. And they're kind of just nice, immediate relationships where we can actually start to shift the dial, I guess, in healthcare and move people from paper to digital. And then once on digital, then a, you know, huge amount of advancement. Yeah. yeah.
0: Unreal. Well, look, Vic, uh, I'm sure there are, whether it be clinicians that need to get some time back in the day and those practice owners as well, or, or also on the, the vendor or partner side, looking at, at creating solutions and potentially opportunities to collaborate. I know you're always good for a chat, so we'll put the details for consult in the show notes of the episode for people to check out. We've got the, the um, presence on the Talking Health Tech website too. So, Vic, I appreciate you coming and have a chat and look forward to checking in again soon and see how things are going. Thanks so much. Yep. Thanks very much, Pete. Hey, thanks for sticking around to the end of this episode. If you made it this far, you're the perfect person that I want to hear from. Our THT Plus audience survey is now open until the end of June, and I personally read every submission. In fact, if you leave a comment in the survey that you heard this promotion in a podcast episode, I promise I'll reply directly to you by email with a personal note of thanks And I'll even buy your coffee next time I see you in person. It's pretty easy. Just go to talkinghealthtech.com slash survey and have your say. For more content and community about technology and healthcare, visit talkinghealthtech.com.